one and we're live. Okay, hey everybody, Larry Powell here. Welcome to Studio HFL and the new Live With series. Of course, I kicked this off last week with Thomas Gonch. And if you haven't had a chance yet to check out that interview, that is still available, uh, will always be available on uh, YouTube, the YouTube channel for Studio HFL. And of course, the audio portion of that is available on all of the podcast platforms. And of course, uh, Judith Saxton, uh, my guest this evening, her interview will also be available tomorrow on the YouTube channel and the audio on the podcast uh, platforms. And her interview with me back from July 10th of 2020, July 10th, Judith, feels like an eternity. <laughs> uh, that is also being released tomorrow. So you're wow. gonna get a double dose of, of Judith really? this week. Oh my gosh. But okay. we'll, talk, we'll talk about that in a second. So uh, yeah, so uh, big news, I guess, uh, coming up this month is, of course, some other great releases, interviews this month, James Thompson, uh, Bria Skonberg, and episode interview number 100 is Wayne Bergeron at the end of oh. the month. Oh man, so sizzling, that's, sizzling. But what a great milestone. I, you know, I, I, I've known this is coming. Of course, I'm in, I'm in charge of everything. I, you know, I'm looking at how everything is released, but you know, it's still kind of cool to finally get to number 100. Amazing. And uh, that feels good. So you guys hopefully enjoy that. And another live interview later this month, uh, February 23rd, that's a Tuesday evening, eight o'clock with Rex Richardson. We're gonna have to break him away from his 100 days of practice uh, to come for that interview. So be sure to check uh, Rex's out. Uh, later this month. But right now, I want to focus on Judith Saxton. And so everybody, uh, of course, nobody can applaud. You can applaud wherever you are right now, but help me welcome Judith Saxton to Studio HFL. Hi there. Hi. How I'm so excited to be with all these illustrious February people. Oh my gosh. Uh, you know what? Um, everybody says that. They're like, I can't believe you're, you know, I'm included in this list. And I'm like, well, you know, <laughs> I can't believe I've gotten to talk to everybody. This, <laughs> you know, I'm the one who feels privileged in all this, you know, it's... Um, Where initiative will take you. <laughs> it, well, yes. And well, we'll talk about initiative. I mean, we're going to talk about some projects that you've undertaken. I mean, you've shown some, <laughs> some great initiative too. And not just with recent projects. I mean, you know, uh, you sent me a copy of the CD. Thank you, by the way. And uh, and your business card was in there. And I cracked up because uh, what I expected to see on there was also a postal worker, a dentist. I mean, you've got I this. Like one thing, didn't I? No, no. Well, you've got uh, Alexander Technique and and trumpet. I mean, it's it's everything. You know, so a... I think it says music. There's a lot. <laughs> yeah, but that applies. <laughs> that implies a lot. So uh, enough about uh, hearing from me for a second. Tell us what's going on uh, where you are right now. How are you coping through things? How's life? Are you healthy? All that? Yeah. You know, it's funny. I'm on a Zoom call once a week that we, the first thing we do is we check our inner and outer weather, <laughs> which is actually really timely tonight, February 1st, because, you know, my my roots go up to the Northeast and so that's exactly where not one, but two storms are now happening. So I was talking to a friend in Baltimore last night. He said, yeah, I was shoveling. And, and my neighbor came out and said, don't bother. There's another storm coming in four hours. I was like, what? He didn't even know. But we in Winston-Salem here, we are, we are bereft of snow. <laughs> 
we we didn't have much precipitation at all this morning. Just kind of that. There was maybe going to be a little bit of that ice because uh, you know it was hovering around 32. Mm-hmm. But it was kind of a gray day, which is very unusual here. Normally, it's really beautiful and sunny, and we we're spoiled. So, <laughs> so is Winston Winston Salem closer to the ocean or or further inland? We're further inland. We're northwest. Oh, I thought I turned that off. We're northwest North Carolina. Yeah. And uh, excuse me, northwest North. Yeah, North Carolina. So you're up near Andy Griffith and and Mayberry and all that, right? Actually, we're half an hour south. Oh well, I was I was literally close. <laughs> yeah, you were very close. Southeast of that by half an hour. Mayberry. You know. Have you been there? But yeah, we're we're only about an hour and a half from like the good mountains and only half an hour from some other mountains that are also awesome and three hours from the from the shore mm-hmm. or the beach depending on which part of the country you're from <laughs> well this, this is not the time of year to visit the beach i don't think well not not uh Actually, it is if you like the nature and not the people <laughs> uh, i see I, 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 I with that smile i kind of wonder which way you're leaning on that i like them both <laughs> But I'll have to take what I can get since I can't get many people. Yeah. I kind of default to nature, and I'm so glad I have that in my, you know, in all of our corners. So. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, I tell you what. Let's start out with kind of the big, the big news uh, as of late, and that is this really cool CD that you sent me. I'm going to pop the CD cover up here on screen so people can see it. This is Ooh. called Landfall. Uh, we can do it old school. <laughs> oh, there you go. A heartfelt soundscape spanning 350 years. It did not take you that long to record that, did it? You know, it's, I, you know, I, I'm long lived in our family, but not that long. <laughs> so uh, it's really, this is, I downloaded it as soon as I got it. I put it in and on my computer and started listening and, oh my gosh, it's just, it's terrific. Um, you know, of course, my question is with, the timing of this was all of this pretty much wrapped before COVID. Like, were you able to? I'm I'm thinking trumpet and organ distanced, right over Zoom or trying to coordinate that is not the ideal way to do this. That's true. Um, well, the 350 years was a way of indicating that this is not your normal Baroque trumpet and organ, you know. Mm-hmm. So we, because we have a number of things that are fairly recent, in fact, incredibly recent, a piece I wrote and uh, a Nellie Bell piece. Mm-hmm. Both of those are the two wor- two recording premieres that have never been recorded. Um, so, and of course we do have some Baroque things, but yes, we actually, we being Timothy Olson, my, mm-hmm. my duo partner, Sexton Olson duo, um, we knew each other first through the School of the Arts, where I used to teach for 10 years. And we met there. And in fact, our duo is 10 years old this year. Congratulations. Thank you very much. And we um, probably five or six years ago, 14, six years ago, going on seven, uh, which is nuts. uh, We were down playing down, I say down east. We were playing in Wilmington, North Carolina. speaking of the beach theme, which may stay throughout the whole time, if mm-hmm. I can my brothers. Um, and we were invited to play at this beautiful chapel, which is one of the many chapels and uh, organs dotted up and down the East Coast that Thomas Keenan and his, the Keenan Foundation had underwritten and um, 
built the chapel and the organ, and at least the organ. I don't want to get too off, far off. But yeah, the chapel as well. Uh, the whole family, not just Thomas. But um, we were supposed to give a recital, which we did. Well, the first four notes that we played in the rehearsal were some Viviani, mm -hmm. which is literally the very first sonata written, especially for trumpet and organ. We were on this, it's a beautiful Baroque organ. I mean, I think there's, let's see, two manuals and nine stops only. Mm -hmm. It's one, It's actually on the cover of mm -hmm. the mm -hmm. that warm wood. And it is, we played like four notes and we stopped and looked at each other. And, you know, it's, it was exactly like when you have a perfect mouthpiece or a marriage between the mouthpiece and the instrument and the rep you're playing. That's exactly what it was because the Viviani was flying out of my horn without, with so much ease. And, you know, just, I was like, this is incredible because the space becomes the third person. Mm. The acoustics were the most amazing collaborator. And we, we literally, we've always been on the same, same page when we're performing, which is why we enjoy our duo so much. But we looked at each other and we thought, we've got to record here. We knew, <laughs> we knew within a minute, like less than a minute, probably a measure. Well, then it took, you know, let's see, five years mm -hmm. for us to decide to really do it. And uh, that was 2019. We actually made the entire recording in June. We went down in March with a pile of music because I had all these ideas and we were like, we spent a lot of time in all of our recitals um, planning the flow of the recital mm -hmm. very quickly and uh, generally to good effect. And so we wanted to do the same thing for the CD, but I knew I had a wide range of things I wanted to put on. so. We went in March for a, less than a day. We drove all the way there, three and a half hours. And Tim drove all the way back all in one day. And we went through just tons of repertoire with that organ to see what would work. I brought down my piccolo and my, at that time I brought my flugel and my C trumpet. And the CD I've only play, you can see on there, I play, mm -hmm. I play my C trumpet, my boxy trumpet and my silky P7. Mm -hmm. This is a perfect podcast. <laughs> I'll just say that. Yeah. So, um, and, you know, we recorded a lot of what we played so we could get an idea of the sound because we're all about sound. Both of us are just, it's all about sound. So um, then we went back down in June. We spent, let's see, I think Monday through Thursday, if I'm remembering right. Actually, I put the dates on the back of the CD. I have to look. But yeah, um, you know, limited time during the day because we actually had to cope with, it was a working chapel. And of course we had set aside the time and we were very uh, graciously hosted um, and actually an, allowed to be there kind of just us, except I think it was Wednesday or Thursday, along comes the inevitable leaf blower. <laughs> <laughs> of course the guys working the, the maintenance men were or the lawn men were there and i was like oh no so we took a long break did some video stuff and uh called them up and we we're like do you think they could come back another day you know we had rainstorms and thunder which because we did it during the day mm -hmm. but, you know which we had to cope with in terms of that but um it all worked out obviously and uh we had a wonderful recording engineer pablo vega 
from Chapel Hill. It was pretty much a North Carolina thing. Mm-hmm. We stayed in a little uh, uh, Airbnb there in Wilmington. Um, had a little time to, you know, walk and do things like that mm-hmm. in that week. In fact, much of the, we have, you know, there's a lot, the actual hardcover CD has, they call it a six page wallet. And so we have a lot, all of the, we wanted to get you in the environment of the CD. Mm-hmm. So all the photos are those we took while we walked around or were, or if we're from the chapel. So the colors, like there's a magnolia blossom on the CD. And um, I can't remember how to work this there. There you go. Kind of see a little bit. And then we also put some, uh, there's a picture of all the mutes I knew I use. Mm-hmm. I had stopped in, uh, I was visiting um, Kathy Leach and Doc a year ago, maybe. And I went to the Trum Corps. Well, it must have been longer than that. The Trum Corps factory, which is actually a gentleman's house. Right. Them. <laughs> right. And uh, I bought the Docaflage Harmon, which is so beautiful. I should have hauled it out. It's so uh, I've beautiful. I've got mine, too. We'll, we'll compare later. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And I used it on the CD. Mm-hmm. He's like, well, you know. And I need to get in touch with them because it's like, we need to market how we use. And I was like, I play them, you know, classically. I play them in with my organist a lot. Mm-hmm. And I use a lot of other, my wick, of course, cup. And then I ended up using, as I said, no flugel, just the C trumpet and the piccolo. And we had a vast, I say vast, it sounds weird, but we had a wide ranging soundscape that was the bright piccolo and the darker, more, uh, mellifluous kind of intimate inside uh, feeling of the flugelhorn mouthpiece on the sea trumpet, which I had had made by the guys in Chicago when I was there for 10 years, um, years ago. I think it was Scott Lasky, actually. Mm-hmm. May he rest in peace. It could have been him. It could have been a number of other people I work with. But anyway. Well, I'm curious. You know, you're talking about uh, taking all this repertoire down there and trying to figure out what you're going to play in the order of that. So you know, yes. here's here's my question. You know, the, I'm looking at the, the table of contents now on the back of the CD. How do you, how did you come to the the order on the CD? I, I've always kind of wondered, it's like, do you put the, the best track first or do you save that for later i mean now in this case what are you talking about it's all fantastic that's well that's what i was gonna say you know but in in a case where it's like everything's good is like do you just kind of roll the dice and say okay this is what's gonna go first and you know is it chronological is it yeah what's interesting is we actually did the recording in june uh we actually did all the editing in september but then i really wanted an organ piece on there so tim Um, has three positions. And so he did it in February of 2020. COVID hit, couldn't get it, uh, you know, edited until like July or August. And I was doing some traveling. So yeah, it took us, and then October through December, it's an independent release. So we did all the work ourselves, Mm -hmm. which is a lot of work. And so, and we actually had, you know, we ran into people getting COVID, one of the mastering people we were going to use. I mean, it was a long process. So what I meant to say in answer to your question is that Tim and I actually physically got together. Uh, we didn't need to probably, but I knew there would be more connection than doing it on Zoom or over the phone mm-hmm. in order to set the order so that we could also play the beginnings and endings of each tune because we know so much about 
um, we know so much. We, we want so much for there to be key connections. I mean, we think of, I think as many things as you can possibly think of. Tim has like a doctorate in theory. I hope I'm not speaking correctly, but at, from Eastman. So he's very good with that. I just have a good ear. So I know what works, but he knows why. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that was a lot of it, you know, just, and we always want to start with something sparkly, which is our telemon. And end with something sparkly. So you have uplifting hope, mm-hmm. <laughs> which we need at any time, but especially now. And then, um, yes, we think a lot about the, we call it a soundscape because it is a journey. This specific CD is definitely a journey. You know, we we agreed to doing individual downloads or individual tracks, I should mm-hmm. say, because we wanted to accommodate. We work with students who are, can't afford much and we want our music to be out even if it's two tracks but really the idea is to purchase the feel of it it's only an hour it's 56 minutes but yes we you know wanted to have a traversal through the keys and the feelings and the um, bright to dark and the you know happy to sad and all of that and so and we also were thinking of how we often program by playing, like that came into it too. Mm-hmm. Uh, so my piece and the Nelly Bell are a little bit tough to put in because there is definitely a liturgical mm-hmm. feel, not that it's stayed or stiff at all, I don't think. No, it's no, not a bit. You know, it's it's very much a heartfelt CD, which is also why it's called that. But, uh, you know, we did some spirituals and... Um, so these other pieces don't seem like they're the same. So we're like, where are we going to put those? So actually we spent about 45 minutes just picking the order and listening through the beginnings and endings and getting at peace with that. Because for us, that is part of the experience of the CD. Most people are going to listen to the CD in the car. Mm-hmm. Uh, if they're old, old enough to have a car that are, you know, they still have an older model car I've, or for those that have a CD. <laughs> yeah. Or for those that have a CD player at home, a lot of our market are folks in our age group or up, mm-hmm. uh, up, and also that's why we wanted to do the digital downloads for everybody else, mm-hmm. you know, that just is so used to that. So, um, well, so yes, let, let's talk about that real quick, um, and I'll put it up here in the chat section. Uh, where can people go to find the CD? Oh. I see. I see some folks I know in the chat. Yeah, in fact, Andrew Bishop, uh, a friend of mine, uh, and it, he might be a friend of yours. Uh, oh, he's very much a friend. In fact, I need to give him a major. Oh shout my out. gosh. Okay. Uh, well, oh no, uh, Phil Bishop. That's who I'm thinking of. Although okay. Andrew could be a friend. Uh, hi, Andrew. <laughs> Andrew's an incredible trumpet player. I actually met first at my job in uh, Wichita State. Oh, I don't think we actually taught him. He was always just there and. Maybe we had one lesson together, but I'm going to read his comment here. Andrew Bishop says, hi, Larry. Hi, Judy. Uh, Enjoying your interview. Just purchased the Landfall album on Cheddar Up. Can't wait to get it. Cheers and miss you, Judy. So, yeah. So there's one place, right? Cheddar Up. C-H-E-D. Yeah. Like cheese. Yeah. It's an interesting website. Cheddar. And then there's a space. Cheddar Up. But actually, it's just the name of our it's the name of our uh, album landfall i think dot or dash anyway i think maybe you can put up a link but 
the thing we're trying to do is put everything in one place. Mm-hmm. So you can go directly to Cheddar Up. You can go to my website, judithsaxton.com. Very simple, judithsaxton.com. I put that up in the comments already. Yep. Okay, there's links from there, which will take you to Cheddar Up. So you don't have to go, what's Cheddar Up? Why is it? Mm-hmm. And my website is secure. I pay extra stuff for that, you know, and, and yet you're not even purchasing it on my website. You're going elsewhere and they're secure. You can also, the best thing probably that puts the CD, the links to everything, including all the live active digital links is that here now uh, link. Mm-hmm. So you have some options. We could simplify it and say, just go to saxtonolsonduo.herenow.com. Uh, but you have some options. Okay, it's, wait, it's, wait, Do say, say that one for me again. Uh, saxtonduo.com. It's, it's our name, Saxton Olson Duo, without any spaces at all. O-L-S-N, yep, Saxton, and S-E-N for him. Saxton Olson Duo uh, dot here now dot com. <laughs> and that one gives you all the live links to the digital downloads. But it also, if you go on it, you'll see Saxton Olson Duo. There's a link there. Mm-hmm. Click on that. And that will take you to my website where you can find actually samples, pages of my, my piece I wrote which is called Landfall. It's a three movement piece that I wrote for, I just was inspired to thank them, you know? And here we were, it wasn't the pandemic, but I was outside. I remember writing a bunch of it outdoors and um, doing a lot of research on the area. Mm -hmm. It's called Landfall, but actually my piece came first and then we decided to name the whole CD that because it fit our soundscape idea. But uh, Landfall Suite, right? Now, I referred to that that way in in an an email. I like like Landfall Suite, and we didn't name it that. Um, But I want to give Andrew Bishop, I hope he's still listening, and I hope everybody is listening, because I'm trying to think. Okay, it was my teacher, because I've had two different people helping me. I'm doing a lot of composing, and I'm like, you know, basically a classical jazzer who improvises. I play it into my phone. I transcribe it note by note by hand. And then I hand it off to these wonderful guys. Andrew Bishop did a ton of my music, the lament for our times that I talk about in the podcast that will drop tomorrow that I wrote after George Floyd's death. And then uh, my teacher put my whole piece landfall on the computer for me, Michael Galloway. He was my teacher at Mansfield University. Fantastic guy, amazing teacher. And he did that for me. So you can purchase all that at my CD. I got, or at my website, I got in a big loop there. <laughs> well, no, no, and that's all good. And I'll make sure all of this goes in the show notes that are that are gonna go up on Studio HFL. It'll go into the blog. So you know what, well, we're here. Let's take a look and see who's in the oh, chat. I know these people, people. yeah. Uh, Jason Kay uh, says, hi, I'm watching for, in Seoul, Korea. Um, oh, fantastic! Of course, Andrew, uh, Alyssa Irway or Airway, Irway. Do you know her? Oh, this is exciting. Yes, absolutely. She says oh. this is exciting. So proud of you, Judy. It's so good to see and hear you again. Love the backstory. It's been a long time since we saw <laughs> it. A good time. <laughs> uh, help me out with names here, Anita. Uh, oh, Anita Turba. is a phenomenal player. No, it's Anita Serba. She's Turba. our beautiful resident principal of Winston Salem and Greensboro Symphonies. That wonderful, beautiful person and the playing matches. Uh-huh. 
Uh, David Wolf, a uh, friend and uh, former student of mine. Oh, uh, wonderful. My cousin, Shelly Miller, is watching from Snowy PA. How totally wonderful. Hey, Shelly. And uh, Scott Becker. Yeah, trombonist that went to school, Mansfield University. Oh, music my God. Ed. Wait a minute. We have a, we have a trombone player watching the show? <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's a trombone, trombone player. Okay. Excuse me. <laughs> well, I mean, trombone players are welcome, too. Wonderful, wonderful player. Actually, he just retired. A lot of my friends are retiring from their public school jobs at this point. Uh, uh, Sean Jones, a friend of mine and trumpet player who uh, is helping us out here. I put in the wrong uh, website, but he helped us out. Uh, Sean, thank you. And he puts the correct Saxton Olson duo dot here now dot com in there. Uh, beautiful. And uh, let's see, Mark Silso. I love how this can be so interactive. Yes, and I'm glad, you know, this is this is nice. This is the first time the the chat section has actually kind of taken off. So this is good. Oh, oh my uh, people, no people. <laughs> uh, Brenda Clark, uh, uh, my former department chair at the Uni University of Indianapolis, a trumpet player. Mm -hmm. And uh, real quick, uh, Brenda, myself, David Wolf, uh, one, one of the others up here, and a handful of my students, we all came to Hershey, PA. Uh, was oh, yeah. it like four or five years ago? And right. uh, that might have been, I, I think I met you in the hallway between sessions. At I believe so. Very, you you I, were I, maybe running from, maybe you had done a wellness session or yoga or something, but you were sweating. I was running from one thing to the next. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so Brenda, glad to have her here. Uh, Tammy, I'm, I'm sorry about the names. Uh, oh, That's she fine. Says, is a former student of Dr. Galloway. Awesome. And me, yeah. Brad. And uh, so, yeah, this is this is great. Uh, Brenda says, were you at Mansfield at the same time as Deb Caparella Confredo? Boy, that, uh, that sounds familiar, but uh, I, I'm one of those people when they say, uh, you know, what's your favorite piece? And I'm like, what I played yesterday. Because my memory <laughs> right. is pretty much yeah. present time and going yeah. forward. Yeah. I've And I've kind of traveled the world and lived all over and I, don't always remember everything from it's not my age it's just i've done too much stuff <laughs> well no i and you know that's it's funny. funny that's exactly what it is right i mean we've our brains are so chock full of valuable information <laughs> it's like trying to oh, access no. it at <laughs> least, that's that's what i tell myself <laughs> at least so yes. uh, now you mentioned uh, we both kind of referred to this already the july 10th interview and you, you referred to it a second ago, and uh, The Lament for Our Times, a piece that you were premiering just a day or two following that interview. But let's go back and talk about that, that interview, sure. which I think was terrific because we didn't just talk trumpet, we didn't just talk music, we talked some very, it was, it was some kind of heavy stuff that we were talking about because this was uh, not that far removed from George Floyd's death. Right. And I mean, tumultuous uh, might be a good time, a good way to label label that. Right. Although I don't know that it's calmed down, you know. And We've got a lot of work to do in our country and it's going to continue. But and, I, one of the things that I came away from that interview with was how, you know, sometimes I think people think musicians are kind of, narrow and the way that, you know we just kind of look at our studio or we look at our our students or our orchestra gig and that's it you know like we kind of live not sheltered but not really concerned with the outside world but what i what i'm getting at is 
that couldn't be further from the truth. You know, you, and you see your response to what happened was a composition. Uh, so although that's gonna come out in your interview that's coming out tomorrow, would you share a little bit more about uh, sure. about that piece and how it came about? Yeah, um, you know, it's interesting. The arts, all of the arts are not just creative outlets. They're an ability for creatives to advance the dialogue that's necessary. And sometimes we have to put things out there before people are ready to chew on them, to advance the possibility of a dialogue occurring later. I mean, you know, musicians have always been the cutting edge people. Think about how we're still playing Stravinsky with like, it, like it's a little weird. I mean, that's a hundred years old now, some of it, you know? Am I wrong about that? I think I'm right about that, 1920. Mm -hmm. So um, many artists are that way. And certainly I have felt for many years, what can I be doing to, um, I mean, I do other things with the social justice things I'm passionate about. I go in the community and I work for a number of organizations, but I'm not using my gifts and my skills and my abilities with this incredible, potent, powerful language of music that really does literally, you know, the vibrations can change minds. The cellular structures can be, can be altered by the power of music. And it doesn't have to be a full orchestra. Um, you know, we play trumpet and it's a very powerful instrument but I choose to sing through the trumpet and the power comes out of the trueness, hopefully from the heart. So <clears throat> when everything was happening, um, I'm involved in a church and we have an anti-racism team and I've studied this because it's necessary to know our history, which wasn't always taught fully in the textbooks and to own it, to start owning it and to start own our place in it. And um, so I wanted to make a response and I wasn't at that point comfortable. I think I said this, I remember now saying this to you in an interview that I wasn't comfortable to go out in the streets uh, because I'm careful with COVID and um, I'm, I have gone into the streets for other reasons in the past, but I didn't want to do it at this present time. So I thought, what can I do? What can I do? And yeah, I was just going for one of my walks and I just came up with the whole, pretty much the, I don't remember which movement it is now, two minutes and 53 seconds, um, which is actually how long they held Mr. Floyd's neck after he stopped moving. When I heard that, that really got to me. And I had this whole piece thought up and I was thinking, okay, it's going to have to be with another musician because I had ideas of what I wanted to do with a trumpet. And I have a really good friend for 25 years who's a violist from Eastern Music Festival, Diane Phoenix Neal. And uh, she also lived close, 45 minutes away, because I wanted, I didn't want to do one of these Zoom, put that on the, I didn't want to deal with technology. So we were able to socially distance in my home and she came over for one rehearsal session. We workshopped it a little bit. It was pretty much written, but we changed, I think, some tempi and things like that. Figured out the mutes that would work. I needed to have mutes under some sections. And I like mutes. I really like color. 
obviously. So, <laughs> so she came back, we recorded it, uh, Eastern Music Festival, where I've been on faculty for, I think it's coming up on 23 years. They did a world premiere. We had a virtual festival. Uh, we're planning to do a live festival this year so far. Of course, there's many plans in place, but, um, and as one of the five weeks of chamber series concerts, they put this on as a world premiere. It's very lovely. And Jerry Schwartz is our music director. Mm -hmm. Of course, former trumpet player extraordinaire and musician incredible. And he actually introduced that evening's works. And then they gave me an opportunity to record a video introduction myself. And there's a program note, the whole page, which explains everything in case you can't get it through the music, which I think it's pretty clear. But it ended up being three movements, just seven minutes, seven and a half, maybe close to eight in total. So um, what was the response to that? I have good friends on the board because I was on the board for six years for Eastern Music Festival, and they were quick to write in and just say how powerful it was and how, um, I think I got one comment about it, stopped them in their tracks and wow. how important it was to stop and to pay attention and to, to recognize and to acknowledge what was happening. And, um, and that I think most of the words I got from musicians and, and non-musicians were that it was a powerful a powerful thing. And we just did it in my in my home here. We're going to perform it again at the Viola Congress and hopefully at an International Trumpet Guild coming up sometime in the future. Uh, but we're going to re-record it because we weren't in concert dress. You know, we just... So anyway, um, yeah, I mean, as an improviser, my, my gifts are to do it live uh, in the moment. So for me and for all of us, but for my voice kind of as the creative voice on the trumpet to not have that ability, uh, whether it be on easy jazz stuff relatively or on, um, I do a lot of liturgical improvisation in church, you know, basically descants on hymns I make up, but it comes from a long standing understanding and experience with hymns and everything. And so not having the ability to do that I thought, well, I can take some of my ideas and just put them down. And I, I do that process where I don't change what I play. I play it, I record it. And even though I think, oh, I could go here, I honor what I play because I feel like it comes basically from God. I mean, I'm just a vessel, comes down and so, but yeah, the writing down part is Andy, Andrew Bishop. Oh my gosh. He was a miracle in terms of translating what I wrote into what would actually be noticeably notated in a way that could be played by others clearly. Like it took his brain and my brain, he's a wonderful guy to work with gentlemen and he's great with his skills too. So huge shout out. So, you know, lament for our times and of course written in a response to something very timely and being redundant for a reason there, but its relevance doesn't end in 2020. And, you know, you think about I mean, you can go back decade by decade, century by century, and find things that you could have titled Lament for Our Times or or Celebration, right? I mean, things that were written in response to whatever event, right? So uh, tragedy or uh, great things always seem to spur creativity, right? Um, so, you know, looking at this piece, it, 
you know, if it had a life that just was July or August of 2020, okay. But, you know, you look at this and you think, yeah, this, this has an opportunity to live on and represent. And at some point, you know, originally it represented George Floyd. At some point it may become uh, a representation for someone else, someone else's similar struggle. You know, music has that ability to connect so many different things. It's like any good story writing. I mean, you know, I studied with Jacobs. He's always saying, tell a story with sound, be a storyteller of sound. And with any good story, you come from a personal place. Mm. It was my personal response to one man's personal passing. But it's, but that, because it's personal to me, my response and to that person, Either way, it's going to be a universal, I'm not saying, oh, it's about me. I'm just saying whoever does something personally from their heart and their experience, uh, it is going to translate universally. That's what you're taught as a player. That's what I teach any student, sing from your heart. No one will remember any missed notes. You know, I had occasion to go back and listen to a number of my recitals. It was like five, six, seven years after I'd played them. You, you kind of still remember. <laughs> right. Her loose notes. But uh, sometimes I didn't, amazingly enough. And I didn't even hear them. I was like, oh, wow, this is like, I'm singing through the instrument. And, you know, I, and I, was, I was like, wow, I did not even hear because you can't, it's all part of, you know, it's just an expression. And when we talk, we don't talk perfectly. We're constantly going back and, we, um, you know, like, uh, <laughs> we're doing that all the time. So we're vocalizing on the instrument, you know? And I, I appreciate what you said a couple of minutes ago about how, you know, you didn't, what came out on that first take was what you kept, you didn't edit. And I think, you know, that's exactly like an improv solo. Yeah. It's, it's what comes out. And, you know, it's not that it's random, right? I mean, these are things that are practiced, you know, if, if somebody asked you to do it in a bebop style, would you have I'm not cool with that. Right. So, uh, but, <laughs> well, it, but I'm not good at it. But I have a certain, yeah, I have a certain style. It sounds very lyrical. I come from a singing tradition. Um, I use a lot of words when I'm singing in my head from Jacobs. And I'm orchestral and I'm cinematic. I mean, it's very American. Mm -hmm. It's all of those things. But yeah, it'll, it'll come out in any specific way to how you are. I always tell my students, Go out and do anything because all of that influences your music, you know? So I, I'm chuckling because I, I, I'm not comparing you to Christopher Walken, the actor. <laughs> but, okay. But so what I'm thinking is, right, his his speech pattern, the pacing and the, the intonation makes him such a distinct yeah. actor, right? But... Yeah. <laughs> but but he's a really great actor. It, it's a voice that that gets your attention, but you're not like, well, I'm not, you know, I don't shut him off just because of that, right? It's, oh, that's an interesting way to put that. You know, so I'm thinking, even if somebody's like, oh, you know, I would, she's not an improviser. Well, yeah, she is. Actually, it's a, but it's, it's just a different voice and you could say this not just about you but about everybody out there right it's a different voice we all have our own unique way of of saying things and i agree with you that sometimes uh 
we say things and we're trying to pull those words back in. I mean, that's kind of like most of my life. It's like, wait a second, I did, that wasn't supposed to <laughs> get out there. I don't know why I'm doing live events now. I was just going to say, good choice, Larry. But yeah, I, I can't edit uh, this. Well, I can, but um, it is out there. Uh, so is there anything else in the works right now, composition that you're working on or? Um, well, actually, always. <laughs> I was going to say about going back to landfall, uh, the only, I should probably put it up on my website, I'm realizing now, but if you get the CD, you get a little background on the movements. They're basically about, two of them are about turtles, Turtle Grande and uh, the loggerhead turtle and the leatherback turtle, which are endemic to that area. Uh, so, or native, I should say. So, um, so that was really fun. So I get an idea a lot of times from nature, which I've done a number of things over the summer. I think we talked about, you know, I guess we're hearing it tomorrow. Uh, and anything, anything, words, I'm, I'm always writing words down from inspirational things that I'm doing. I'm doing a lot of contemplative prayer and um, uh, I just did a five day, I only did a couple of days of it, but an embodied yoga, embodied social justice summit. And there's such good words coming out of all this stuff. I'm in a Winston-Salem Community of Mindful Living, uh, which is a sangha. And, you know, people say unbelievably beautiful things. So I'm always writing them down. Um, anything I'm reading, whether it be, you know, a, a biblical text or just things to inspire, it gives me ideas. Um, I'm still needing to get one more piece to Andrew before I uh, <laughs> seek. Uh, I've been seeking, I've been working on seeking permission from uh, Pema Chodron. I might have talked about this before. I can't recall. Right, uh, bell. Yeah. So I've got, oh Lord, I think it's seven or eight things from her. She's a Tibetan Buddhist monk. And I just had a calendar mm. with all her sayings on it. And each saying, I just literally made an eight. It's like etude length. Basically, I was so inspired and I recorded them immediately. And it took me a long time because they're, I'd say college above level. And, um, some of them, a few are easier, but most of them are pretty tough and it took a while to get all my rhythms down and everything. Um, I still have to finish that up, but yeah, I've got a number of things like that. And then uh, I have something that I've been thinking about. My students at the EMF have heard me say it for probably two or three years now. There's about 10 things that in my pedagogy as a teacher are very they are unique to me. They come out of, of course, my singing, my time at Mansfield with Mike Galloway, my time with Mr. Jacobs and Vince Chickowitz and Bill Scarlett and all of those wonderful, amazing pedagogues. But I've put them into my interest, which is basically, you know, human growth and development and how do we think? What made Mike Galloway such an amazing teacher was, I just was looking at his notes, I'm sorting papers right now. He said, I don't teach trumpet. I teach how to think. I teach how to practice. And I'm like, that's what I'm interested in. Mm -hmm. So I've got an idea that, and I think it's very practical and I want to do it and hopefully no one will steal it. <laughs> but I want to put these 10 little pedagogical things that I do that really help students who are like, why don't you write a book? They've told me for years 
And while I was actively teaching at a university, I never had time. And now I don't have any excuse, you know, but I want to put those on those fold out plastic, plasticized things. Like, you know, I have a star chart that is you fold it out and it's 10 uh, pages, like, in, you know, this side and then that side or five pages and you slip it, flip it over um, because that way you can stick it in your anywhere and it's, you can crunch it and fold it or whatever. And I just think that would be such a nice, easy to put out there that'll be useful for people hopefully around the world you know just that keeps the focus on the message even when you're playing a clark you know there's a reason it's um a pedagogy revolving around musicianship is a pedagogy of technique because the minute you're musical you are directing your phrasing and you are giving impetus and meter and metric pulse. And that always helps your body know when to do something. So the level of coordination is critical for young students, for middle students, for all of us that overthink, you know? And so if we can continue to be musical in these ways that I've kind of developed, which are unique and helpful and distinctive. I'd like to get that out there. How, Hope I do. How does this tie into Alexander technique? You know, it's funny. I didn't start taking Alexander until 91, I think, when my first job in the Hong Kong Philharmonic. And I didn't become a teacher until 2015. But it's, but I've always been interested in how it's about the whole body and the body brain connection. Mm -hmm. So how I teach is from that lens always. So there's a fundamentalness that's below our level of fundamentals, you know, uh, it's that we inhabit a body and we have information that's coming from our body and we have information that's coming from our brain. They'd say your gut is your second brain and your heart is your third brain. There are brain cells in each of those places. This is scientific fact now. It's not me being woo-woo. So um, all of that has informed and my interest in the brain and how that musical message needs to be distilled and prioritized. Uh, you know, I, I didn't... We all struggle, whether or not we're innately musical or we have a great sense of line or we've been singers. I'd spent many years going to Jacobs or calling him at least and trying to get a lesson. He'd say, oh, no, you can see. And I was like, no, I'm dying here. I can't do it, you know. But so it's not always easy to access because the most simple direct things are not the easiest. <laughs> they should be, but they're not. So Alexander Technique is... Uh, it is that it is life. It's life in action. It's whatever you're doing. It's, um, you know, I, I was asked to do one of those wonderful listen and learn lectures uh, for ITG. What an incredible initiative. They're all free. Go on their website, free to download for whenever and add, how do you say, add infinitum. And I thought, well, I could do any of these pedagogical things that I've kind of distilled and it would be helpful. I thought, but one thing I know no one's going to do. And I thought, I don't want to be pigeonholed. I'm still a player. You know, I'm still actively uh, working with students and coaching. And But 
but I did want to put out something that no one else would because it wouldn't be addressed. And mine's called the power, something like power and pausing or something. I can't even remember what I called it, P-E-P. Power enhances pause or excellence in pausing or something. But um, because, you know, the minute we can find our butt feet that we sit on or our feet on the floor, we can get more of our resources. We have so much when we go in. And as trumpet players, we're often looking out for the answers. We're often, you know, we're very outwardly focused people. We play an instrument that's outwardly focused. We're leading a lot of the times. We're on the cutting edge, literally. We'll be cut if we miss, was how we feel, you know. So we forget that there is a, a mining operation of incredible gems, which is right here already. And we've got so much of our resources that we can access by that pause. You, you could hear a change in my voice. I'm just, you know, I'm out of my excitement and I'm still excited, but I'm being more fully with my whole self and being more aware of that at the same time. When we're in the flow, we're doing that. You know, we are great Alexander players already. We don't need the technique, you know, all the time. Michael Jordan never needed the technique, but Herseth never needed the technique. Phil Smith, perfect example of using yourself. And of course there's some anatomical components to Alexander. Absolutely, it's about your head neck spine relationship and using your joints correctly and not overusing things. And But again, that's necessary and I address that when needed, but it's so much about being present, being fully present and being in this moment with your whole self available. I remember getting coached by a very, very well-known teacher. It could have been anyone, not to diminish him. I'm just saying many of these teachers are amazing. Tommy Thompson from Boston. I remember getting coached. I was probably three, it might've been a year after my training. It's a three-year training. It's long, big, huge amount of training. But I had to play the Hindemith at the School of the Arts, the Sonata. I played it many times, but you know, I was never practicing. So <laughs> it was like, just, okay. Plus I was in charge of the whole concert. I was playing two or two huge other pieces on the concert, you know, that type of thing. I was always doing way too much, but um, that's okay. It brought me right to where I am now. And I'm really pleased with that. So, um, but I asked him, what could I do for the end? Of course, you know, for the chorale. And I remember it was just this acknowledgement that there's all this wind, I call it wind because the air is not moving and wind is moving. There's all this wind around you all the time. You don't have to grab for it. You can just allow it to come in. It's such a different approach. And I mean, I was I was in shape enough to play that. It's, I stand by it, it's on my YouTube channel. It's a really, really great performance the whole way through. And I wasn't, you know, playing. I wasn't warming up every day. Chickowitz was turning over his, in his grave. <laughs> But it came off because I had everything I needed and I acknowledged it's, it's so difficult to accept and surrender and to trust in life. But that's what we have to do on the trumpet. It's like, I remember saying, actually, I think to my sister, Carol, she might not remember this. I think she might be here, but 
I remember saying once, you know, people pick the trumpet. Um, you learn about vulnerability in the trumpet. We may not know that's why we pick it early on, but you, you learn about vulnerability in real time in front of everybody else on the trumpet. And that is a beautiful thing to learn because with vulnerability become, comes truth. And again, see, it's from the heart. That's that's where everything needs to come from. And then we wouldn't have this division and this polarization. You know, we're designed to be social humans, which is why I dressed up for tonight. And I'm so excited to ask me because this is the most social I've been able to be, you know? Well, uh, wait, Judith, I, I wish uh, I could get you to come out of your shell and talk a little bit about this. <laughs> I'm sorry. I no, 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 I, you know, I'm kidding because I, just, and I'm sitting here listening to you. I'm thinking I'm getting a private lesson in Alexander technique. I'm getting a private lesson and, you know, uh, we've got a few people watching this lesson uh, happen, but uh, no, I'm loving, loving this. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, how lucky to have been a student of yours. And, oh, you. and, you I know, I'm still teaching. <laughs> well, and, and, you know, but how lucky you were a student of Jacob's and how yes. lucky, you know, that we are all have been students of who we've been students of. And I just, you know, that oh. you're, what I love is that you're, you're able to share it with the kind of passion you, you do and see, you know, what makes you unique is you're a trumpet player, Alexander, composer, uh, justice warrior, uh, all of those things, right? I mean, but this is this is what makes you unique. And it's like, how many people fit that particular bill that, that are willing to speak and you are? And this is what I love is like people who, your niche, right? Your, your corner is, you don't hide in your corner, right? You're out and sharing. And I, I really, I appreciate that. Actually, sometimes throughout mm -hmm. my career, uh, coming in the guys that I come in. But um, yes, you have to still honor your truth. It's the one you've got. It's God given. And it's, we are, every single person has a unique voice. That's, and you know, when you go to my website, that's what it says. Welcome. I'm here to, or something about finding your voice. That's how I view my teaching is to teach you to be a musician and to find your voice whether it be on the trumpet or some other place, you know, uh, it's, it's uh, luckily all of our incredible training, <laughs> incredible, long, amazing, tough, hard work translates into so much of life training. Um, so yeah, I don't know where the next path will lead. None of us do coming out of COVID. Right. You know, I've been a player that often uses the seasonal orchestral playing to fill in and I love it. Uh, I've loved being a sub, you know, gives me the freedom to travel and do my guest re artist residencies and everything. But will there be guest artist residencies? Will there be a need for, you know, on campus anything? I mean, I'm doing things on Zoom presently actually, but what will be needed and in what way can I use my voice, you know, going forward? I don't know. Uh, I, I think a lot of us, I know I, um, it's hard to say in one evening, but it's not like this is a passive question. This question is kind of on my brain all the time. How can I be the most useful? You know, how can I, 
and um, I chafe against the writing down of the tunes, but I think they're really great tunes because they're, and again, it's not just from me. It comes out of my experience, you know, and I know how to put things together. And I actually do a fair amount of improvising on slower tunes and jazz. I've done a lot of scatting and I'd love to do more scatting. Uh, but none of us knows how we're gonna parlay our gifts into the next thing. And that, you, there's a lot of talk in conservatories about the 21st century musician. Well, it's gonna go back to the 15th through 18th century musician because they all did a number of things. You know, look at Mozart, how many instruments did he play? Look at Sousa, <laughs> look at Clark. You know, even a, Clark was playing violin, viola, trump, uh, cornet, uh, writing, tons of stuff, conducting. I mean, you know, we, so that's what we're, that's what we're coming back to is, um, is doing that. Um, and, you know, some of us are more gifted at using the computer to get the music out. And some people are way more gifted at doing the whole promotion thing on all the 15,000 ways. Oh my Lord, it takes all your life. I was just trying to get the word out about this because I knew it would be fun. <laughs> and I was like, oh, you know, <laughs> on the computer, on the computer, not my favorite thing. But, um, but, you know, you always have to work hard for what you want, for the fun you want to have, you know. Um, but, yeah, I think life comes through our art. That's the bottom line. And we don't know which way it's going to go. And there is a trusting of God or the universe or whatever folks choose to follow. We all have an inner voice, though. We all have it. And it's very unique. Well, and some are quieter, some are louder, some are uh, are deep, some are on the surface. But you know, I think every voice is important. Exactly. Thank you, Larry. That could be the title of the interview. Oh. <laughs> it's very your your gift is this distillation ability. Oh, well, thank and you. What you did with my piece, Landfall Sweet. Now I got to go back to Andrew and change it because I really like it. Oh my gosh. But yeah, um, that's the thing. I've done so much on my own, you know, during COVID. And even over the last five years, I haven't been in, in as much community because I've left the School of the Arts. And so, uh, you know, it's an interesting balance between reaching out to get some ideas and not wanting to bother anybody and kind of having a lot of ideas, but not knowing which ones are okay, you know, just about everything. So me i get definitely energized by being in relationship with anybody like who wouldn't you know and then when it's somebody like you who can give me ideas that are really valid and wonderful <laughs> i'm like oh you know it's it's a it's a true joy yeah um, well it's a true joy to to talk with you and you know this uh we're going to do a little bit of pr <laughs> at the moment uh, of course you are a consumer artist yes yeah, yeah, I've seen Nicola too. Yes, yeah. Um, How long have you been with him? In fact, you know, I decided when I was at Wichita State, I remember thinking, oh, I should probably do this artist clinician thing because now I have a position, full-time academic position. <clears throat> long time ago now, 1999. So I think it was 2000, maybe a couple of years after when I decided to take the plunge. Mm -hmm. And um I'm a pretty stalwart fan still. Uh, I love my box sound on all my big horns and 
you know, I just, all along things have been easier to play, you know, and I just like, no, I like the sound. I like the sound. There's something about the sound and other things are amazing for other people and they yeah. sound great. But uh, so I really, and of course they are still, I think the standard. And we were on this call last week. They've got so much incredible stuff coming out for students. And we got a really neat um, inside peek of what they've got going on. And Well, a friend of mine, Andy Lott, has just <laughs> taken the position. In fact, he called me uh, about two or three weeks ago and said, hey, don't tell anybody about this. And so I had to keep it under wraps. And I think it was yesterday or the day before he, he finally, he told It's people. very exciting. To but have yeah, I'm Andy is, is super clear. talented. Yeah. So. Yeah. So, and, you know, we'll see what, what's going to happen going forward, but I've, um, I've expressed interest to do some work on the education end or the wellness end. Uh, and continue my clinician work, of course. Um, so we'll see. They've they've done a big revamp, so we'll see what's happening there. Well, to answer your question of whether things will be virtual or if people will make visits, um, the answer is uh, you're going to have to make a visit. But I'm going to have to invite everybody I've interviewed. Once, <laughs> once we're able to come back to campus, I'm going to have to invite, invite everybody to Indianapolis, right? And we'll just have, wait. It, that'll be like an ITG. <laughs> It'll be like an IDG. There's no question about yeah. that. Yeah. And what a great place. They have a whole, I mean, the PA, PAC, PASIC, the percussion. Oh, thing yeah. Is, right. And BOA, I mean, uh, Drum Corps International, I mean, everything, you know, Indianapolis is a great town for a lot of things. And music is one of those, is one of those great things. Uh, so, you know. Um, You're in a great place. Yeah. I can't wait to see you again in person, but we're going to have to. Uh, unfortunately, but I am so glad that you came and and shared with me tonight and our you know our guests here and um, let's see anybody should we recognize anybody else before before we oh Susan Saxton is that oh my sister in law and my brother they're up on the farm well That's there so you cool. go getting snowed in and I'm sure there's other people who just didn't want to you know bear yeah. their souls blind yeah. <laughs> so well. But, and of course, yeah. this is going to be available. This will go up on YouTube. Uh, David Borsheim. Uh, wow, he's a horn. What a treat. He's a prone professor from Mansfield, retired. Well, there you go. Now, oh, and a nice comment. Let me read this out loud for everybody. David Borsheim says, what a treat. Thank you for opening your heart, for sharing your career experiences, for your smile and your laughter. What a nice comment. <laughs> Thank you, David. It's been uh, at least 30 years since I've seen him, but we keep up. Facebook very beautifully. So, and so, I'm not even on it that often, but yes. Yeah. Well, Judith, hang on just a second. I'm going to wrap things up here, but don't go away. All right. Once I sign off, you stay there, please. Uh, everybody that's, that's here. Thank you for joining us this evening. Uh, joining me and Judith Saxton, the great conversation. If you missed any of it, of course, it's going to be on the YouTube channel uh, by noon tomorrow. I hope to have this up there and uh, you can of course share with friends and family. Uh, later this month, February 23rd, the next live with event will be with Rex Richardson. And that's uh, sure to be a, a lot of fun. Rex, uh, speaking of social media, Rex is one of those social media beasts, right? Oh, amazing. <laughs> We're Northwestern buddies from our oh. yeah. Um And then, of course, uh, Judith's uh, interview that she did back with, uh, did with me back on July 10th, 2020. That's coming out tomorrow. Mm -hmm. um, James Thompson's interviews coming out uh, the next week. 
Bria Schoenberg, the third week of February, and Wayne Bergeron, interview number 100, episode number 100, uh, is coming out the last week of February. So, uh, <laughs> and you know, and I'll give you a little hint uh, of some other live interviews coming up. Mark Gould, awesome. uh, the Rom Trio, oh, uh, yeah. Ronnie, Avis, and Aaron. Uh, Sarah Gay is oh. going to be be there. Well. Sarah Gay, no one needs any. So I'm just I'm thrilled, you know. And uh, anyways, uh, stay posted, of course, to uh, Studio HFL to find out more about that. Uh, again, everybody, thank you so much for being here. I uh, appreciate it, and bye for now, Judith. Don't go anywhere. Stay safe and stay healthy.